Two guys, two continents, two missionaries, one gospel. You're listening to the Truth Be Known podcast with your hosts, Nathaniel Jolly and Bill Isa. Okay, for you guys out there who are listening to our podcast and you're thinking about doing your own, uh, just real quick in 30 seconds, let me give you a heads up. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In 30 seconds here, it's absolutely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is awesome. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many more. Also, you can make money from your podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, in 30 seconds with no minimum listenership. It's an awesome place to do your podcast. It's everything you need all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Super easy. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, go check it out. So without further ado, we'll jump right into our content. Welcome back to Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And Bill Isa. Bill, before we get started today, we have some exciting news for our listeners. We have a new email address, which is truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from our listeners. So if you're listening to us and our, if our podcasts have helped you anyway, if we've been able to minister to you, we would love to hear your story. If you also came out of the charismatic or Pentecostal church and you just want to share how God brought you to solid biblical truth, we would love to hear your story. Or if you're just wanting someone to pray for you, we would love to get your prayer request and, and we will go through those emails and we will take the time to pray for you. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, we'd love to get your emails. And that email is truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. So Bill, we've got an important topic today. And uh, you know, every week we talk about what topic we want to cover next. And the reality is there are endless topics we could discuss. This week is an extremely important topic because it has to do with the truth of scripture as God's given it to us. Uh, but it also has to do with the very nature of God's created order and how the church functions. And that issue is women's role in the church. Specifically, can women be pastors or elders in a church? Uh, is this even a question that we need to ask today? Yeah, speaking the truth, brother, this should not be a question because when you go into scripture, you find things plain. Things are really plain, well explained, because as you just said, even the creation order, you just see things plain. But because maybe because of sin, or because of uh, among men or sinful nature with us, people always want to um, add something to scripture. They want to do their own things against scripture. That should not be a question. If, if any person could go into their Bible and uh, exegete, it, uh, exegete it and read it, try to study it carefully, that should not be a question. Unfortunately, it's a question because of some people who think they should be. 
When we say some people, we really mean that this is kind of a worldwide epidemic. It really is an issue in the church. I think before we really get going, let's make an important statement here. And the statement is this, men and women are created equally before God, but they're given different complementary roles. And so, you know, we're going to approach this whole topic from a biblical perspective, a biblical worldview. You know, we understand the Bible teaches that men and women are both created equally before God and that men and women were given different roles in the family, in the body of Christ, in the world. And so we want to look at those. You know, we would just encourage our listeners who may already feel some tenseness over the subject because this can be a contentious subject. We would encourage you to listen with an open mind and open heart, which says, I want to learn from the word of God. What does the word of God say? And we want to submit to that. So, Bill, let me ask you a question. Yeah, if, if, if Go ahead, brother. Uh, just quickly to, to add on what you just, you just, say, you just said uh, about discrimination against women. Because some people, really, those who believe that women should also be elders and pastors in the church, they always blame us of discrimination. But you've explained it well. And uh, as I quote uh, an author here who says, discrimination against women is a grievous sin and a dishonor to God in whose image women are created. Yeah, so essentially speaking, we can't know. No uh, Bible-believing pastor or Christian could should discriminate any, not only women, but any person. Yeah, so brother, just to to add on what you just said, we believe and we promote, um, I mean, equality between men and women as far as uh, salvation is concerned. When but when it comes to roles, both in the family and in the ch- the local church. The differences are there. Yes, brother? Your question? While we're talking about roles, let's just throw out an example of roles that nobody can refute. And and simply the role of motherhood, right? Only women can give birth to children. Sure. It's a biological role. So for the people out there who instantly are going to the thought men and women should be able to do everything exactly the same in every case all the time, uh, men cannot have children. Now, we want to go further beyond just the physical differences because there are plenty of physical differences. And so those differences aren't just true physically, but our differences uh, also come into play in the household, right? We're taught that men are the head of the household. Those differences also come into the church. And so the question we want to ask today is not what's my opinion. We don't want to give our listeners our opinion because our opinion really doesn't matter. Not does anyone else's opinion matter. What matters is does God answer the question, can women be pastors or elders in the church? Or does he not answer the question? And if he does answer the question, what is God's answer? Because this is God's world, and so we have to do things God's way. It's God's church, and so we have to submit to God's standard for His church. Mm. So with that, let's just jump right into some scripture. Let's go to First Timothy 2, and I want to read through verses 11 through 15. And actually, sure. let, me, let me start from verse 9, brother. It says this, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, 
not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Now, Bill, what kind of blows my mind is that this is one of the clearest texts in the New Testament. Paul says, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. And yet, you and I have both heard objections to this very text. What are some of the objections yeah. you've heard? Yeah, you know very well, brother, that uh, I was a charismatic pastor. You know it very well. And uh, in that charismatic church, I was the senior pastor. And my assistant pastor was a woman. You know that story very well. And uh, as I told you, and as, uh, as I always tell you, that two doctrines disturbed me a lot uh, when my friend, the, the Lord used some of my friends to point me to true biblical truth. And uh, those who were speaking in tongues and uh, women pastors. Other doctrines, uh, I had no big problem with them. But these two, I was like, oh, friends, I agree with what they are teaching. But I will not agree with them as far as these two are concerned. Women, why are they, do they want to discriminate against women? But at this point now, I started putting on there on the table some of these, uh, I mean, questions that we had. Of uh, one of them is uh, uh, Galatians three twenty eight, that uh, Galatians three twenty eight that says that we are all equal before God. There's no more Jew, no Gentile. There's no. But they, to me, according to me, that's their stronghold. That they are, they are, they are most important verse that they try to push forward against, uh, I mean, those who preach uh, against women pastors. Galatians, if you can just read it quickly, the, quickly the Galatians 3.28 and just begin by opening their eyes and their minds on, on that on that verse. Galatians 3.28, they say no more Jew, no more Gentile, no more free man, no more slave and so forth. We are all equal in Christ. And so they say, don't you see it's plain in scripture? I used to tell, I, I think even with Justin Peters and Michael Miller, with uh, Pastor Samuel Watch from Kenya, I brought Galatians 3.28 before my assistant pastor was a woman. Say, why, why, why do you guys want to segregate against the people of God? Christ died for them all on the cross. They, they have to do everything equally, I mean, with men. So speak on that first objection, brother. I think here we're going to make the point that context is king, right? We, sure. we say that a lot. Context is king. Context, context, context. One of the very first principles of hermeneutics of interpreting scripture properly is that when you're reading, you read in context, understanding what the author is trying to communicate. So when you go to that Galatians passage, we understand that what he's talking about is sal a salvation issue, right? He's talking about our place in Christ. He's not talking about functions or roles in the church. We think about what the apostle is talking about there. You know, in Christ, once you become a believer, Basically, your worldly distinctions fall away in, in terms of how God looks at you, in terms of being in the family of Christ. But what does not fall away are differences. 
um, are, are just, in, in fact, you know, you come to Christ, I come to Christ, you're, you still have more melanin than I do. So there's still differences. Um, when, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> right? Your wife came to Christ and you came to Christ. And guess what? You're still the head of your household. Sure. And your wife is still subservient to you in a godly way uh, under the marital structure God set up. And so we still have those differences. So that passage is not talking about roles at all. And so it's an issue of context, right, when when we go to those types of passages. But uh, Sure, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's all about context, as you've just said, because these days when I go back to Galatians 3.28, I understand it clearly in its context. I ask myself, did I ever really push this towards women pastors? Is it me or it was someone else? Because, you know, all the brothers that the Lord used to try to help us, I really pushed to them uh, uh, Galatians 3.28, but you just understand that it's ignorance or people don't want to, to, to give much attention to the uh, study of the Bible to try to understand, uh, I mean, the words, the way they are used there. Uh, you've put it very clearly that this passage is all about salvation. And truly speaking, when it comes to salvation, anyone who would, would want to tell me that there is a, the salvation for men and another one for women, I can immediately part with him that very moment. Because Jesus Christ died for us all together, male and female, for uh, rich people and poor people, educated and uneducated. So there's no the, the distinction. There's not even an inch, not even a dot of a difference. We are just equal. But when it comes to roles, as you've just said again, the roles be, uh, remain the same because Christ died for us, but I remained, I did not change into a woman because Christ died for me. My wife did not change into a man. I, I got born again, she got born again, I remained a man, she remained a woman. And also, uh, as I, I, I always tell people that even the, 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 everything remains the way it is. We, we have Jews and we have Gentiles. They are still there. Jews, Christians, and Gentile Christians are there. We have free men, uh, let me say, that are uh, maids. Even in Africa, here, I see pastors. I've, I've, had, I've had maids myself. I pay them money to do some work at my place. Some of them have been born again. Some of those maids. I remain their boss and I pay their salary. They do this work for me, even though we are still old. Obviously, I'll deal with, he, with him just like a brother in the Lord. But I, I'm still her boss. And if she called me boss, there's no problem with that. Is that right? What you're talking about is just asking Christians to do some reasoning and ask questions. Uh, like you said, if you go to that Galatians passage, the very fact that there are still men and women would lead you to uh -huh. that passage must be speaking about something else. And, you know, going back to our First Timothy passage, one of the uh, objections that I hear occasionally is that the Apostle Paul was just speaking to his own culture. H have you heard that objection? Oh, so much, brother. I used it myself. Now, I, so this is interesting, and I, and, and I want to hear your justification for that, because when, when you read down in, this, in the same passages we read, 
Paul actually addresses that very issue, right? Paul takes it out of his culture and he takes it all the way back to the beginning of creation. And, and he says that it's because Adam was first created and then Eve. So Paul is appealing to the created order for his teaching rather than his cultural circumstance. It's ahead, that brother. appeal to to the creation that blew my mind because I could not also I, I oh I didn't want deliberately I didn't want to 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 believe what that passage teaches but when I went to that analogy that I mean Paul is I mean was taking us back to the creation order that blew my mind and I had to surrender I said no it is very clear that really these uh, women cannot be pastors or elders. Mm. You know, another objection that comes from this very passage, and in fact, about, I don't know, a year, maybe a year and a half ago, you and I together, mm -hmm. while I was preaching at a conference, heard this very objection that I'm about to state. And the objection mm -hmm. is, well, that's just the Apostle Paul's opinion. Do, do you remember that? Very much so, brother. The church where we were kicked out of. <laughs> yeah, so so for, for our listeners, just a, a rabbit trail here. One, one of the first instances that God really used to really knit our hearts together was we got kicked out of a conference together uh, because I was preaching this passage and there happened to, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to me, uh, there happened to be like, I don't know, 20, 30 female pastors in this conference and it's teaching on the qualifications of an elder. And after, I don't know, the first or second night, I can't remember now, but the pastor that was over this whole thing came to me with this very objection. But that was just the apostle mm -hmm. opinion. And, and so, uh, brother, how do we respond to that objection that this is just the apostle Paul's opinion? Okay, I don't think that it's uh, Apostle Paul's opinion because, you know, it's not, it's not Paul alone who speaks against that, even Peter. And even if you go to other parts of, of Scripture, of the New Testament, you, you find the same things. Okay, let me just uh, bring up this other, uh, uh, I mean, thing that helped me understand that and try to understand that it was not Peter's uh, experience or ideas. Our Lord Jesus Christ, for example. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, uh, when he wanted to choose people that would remain with his, with his ministry, because he knew that after some time he would be going back to, to, to his father. And he had to leave people, I mean, with the, with the ministry he had started. He chose only 12 men. So if, if it was only, uh, it was Paul's uh, opinion or minds or ideas, then you, you, when you go, just read the whole of the, the New Testament, you'll find the example of that everywhere. Then where do you see a woman elder, woman uh, bishop or overseer? Where do you see practically? Personally, I don't. Uh, when I, 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 I go through the study of my Bible, I don't see, un unless you have one brother. You, are you talking of, is it Junior that they tried to say that was one? Yeah, Junius, and we're, we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But you're, you're absolutely right, brother. Again, what I would say with this passage in 1 Timothy, for those who bring up the objection, well, that's just the Apostle Paul's opinion, he was just a man, I would actually ask a question. And the question would be, who do you think wrote the scriptures? 
Are the scriptures written by man or are the scriptures written through men by God? And that's a good question because, you know, and that's why we need to begin by the authority of scripture, the fish, I mean, everything about scripture. You know, they say sufficiency of, of scripture, especially the sufficiency, because it, many so-called Christians in Uganda do not believe in the sufficiency of scripture. They, they might uh, be, uh, believe in the inspiration, that it, it, it is without errors, but they don't believe in the su sufficiency, the way I've discovered it. And now if you are trying to, to educate someone who does not believe in the uh, uh, sufficiency of scripture, then brother, it becomes very difficult to convince them. Because if you tell them what you've just said, that uh, it is God who, you, you, who used man and it's sufficient, they might say, no, I don't, I don't agree with you because when you go to Corinthians, the letters to the Corinthians, Paul used to say, here it is the Lord and not me, but here it is me and not the Lord. Yeah. Paul, Paul in the, with the Corinthians, he used to, he could tell them that this, here it is not the Lord, but me. How do we know that? Even here, it was him, not the Lord. Talk about that. And by the way, brother, here in the Western world, in America, we also see, especially with what's going on in, in these days, that much of the church in America also does not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, which is unfortunate. And that, I mean, this is wow. the attack that we will be fighting in our generation, without a doubt, is over the sufficiency of Scripture. We could just ask some questions. If... If you don't believe that scripture is inspired and in fact written by the Holy Spirit through men, then who becomes the judge and source of all truth? It's actually you, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't believe yep. the scripture is written by the Holy Spirit through men, then effectively what you're saying is that the Bible is totally and completely unreliable because I'm the one that gets to pick and choose what is from God and what isn't from God. And basically, I've put myself in the place of God. That ought to be a scary thought process to enter into. Yeah, but also they need to know that uh, even the, the statements that Paul say that he it's not the Lord, but I, even that is the, the, the word of God because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit was just, I mean, using him or moving him to say whatever he said. So the, everything that, that is the Lord allowed to be put in scripture, the Spirit. And yeah. anyone who wants to serve the Lord, who wants to preach, has to believe that or else they should just stop and do other things. And, you know, the great irony is it's the Pentecostal charismatic church that claims to listen to the Holy Spirit the most, that claims to be fully led by the Holy mm. Spirit. And so we would just say to you that if that's true, then you have to submit to the teachings of the Apostle Paul because he's divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. And again, just to reiterate the point we made at the beginning, the Apostle Paul goes back in this passage to the creation for as his appeal to why women are to remain silent in the churches. And that's because Adam was made first, right? He's our federal head. And Eve was made equally but with a different role, and that role was to be a helpmate to Adam. And so that's the same in the home. We see that how that plays out in the church. Moving along, let's go to another passage again. You know, in, in this episode, I want to hit the very clear, explicit passages. You know, we both know, I, I think this is true for you as well as me. When I was a charismatic pastor, 
I have to admit that one of one of my my big problems was that I didn't read and study the scriptures with the intent of seeing what the scriptures taught. I skimmed or just sort of quickly reviewed scriptures to see how I could fit the scriptures into what I wanted them to say. Right? Yeah, that's 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 that, that yeah. all of us did that. You just want to go quickly on what will support what you already have at the back of your mind. So let's go to this other passage, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. So the context of this is the Apostle Paul speaking to young Timothy, and he's giving Timothy instructions on what the qualifications of an elder is. So the context here is speaking directly to qualifications of an elder and roles in the church, right? And it, it, so I'm going to read this uh, 1 through 7. It says this, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well keeping his children in control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God and not a new convert so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil? And he must be of good reputation with those outside of the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, there just isn't any way to read these passages and be confused as to who can and cannot be an elder in the church. Bishop is not higher than an elder. An elder's not lower than a pastor. It's all exactly the same pos position, right? Yeah. Role in the church. Yeah. But repeatedly in this passage, did you notice, he says, he, he, he. Yeah, yeah sure. He doesn't say she or they or whoever. He limits the language to the male sex. A again, in verse five, we see there's a reference and a parallel to the roles of men in the home. He says that a man has to manage his own household well before he can manage the household of God. Again, we see reference to the created order that God has set up. But not only that, here's, here's a good one, brother. How can a woman be the husband of one wife? That's impossible, brother. It can't happen. It can't happen because, you know, uh, especially that one, you know, the, the statement begins with uh, if a man, any man wants to be a bishop or overseer. Okay, in some translations, they'll say if anyone. They're try, trying to, to dodge or to avoid the word man. But even if you avoid the word man there, down there, what do you do? Husband for only one wife. How can you avoid such? You can't really. You are trying to escape from this route that you are, you are caught on the other one. So even if you say, if anyone wants to be, no problem, let's go with anyone. But husband of only one wife, how can this anyone be a husband of one wife? And yet she's a woman. And not only that, brother, but then it goes on to say that the elder has to manage his own household well. And we know from other teachings in scripture mm -hmm. that the husband is the head of the household. And so again... Yeah. If you believe that women could be elders, you would have to say that Scripture's wrong, that women could actually be fully the head of their household, which is contrary to other biblical teaching. Sure. One more, brother. We can go to Titus 
And I, I know that these are somewhat repetitive, but it's important if we're asking the question, what does God teach concerning women's roles in the church? We can go to obscure passages, but the reality is when there are abundantly clear passages in scripture that teach a doctrine or a theological position, that, you know, there's a rule of interpretation that says, let the clear passages help you interpret the more obscure or the less clear passages. And so that's why we're hitting on these very clear passages here. So Titus 1 through 5, again, and I'm not going to read all that out, but it makes it abundantly clear that the man is meant to occupy the role of bishop, elder, pastor. The fact is that it's not just that any man yeah, can be a pastor, elder. God narrows it down to men who meet these specific qualifications. So while, while we would say scripture teaches that a woman cannot be an elder, it also teaches that just because you're a man does not mean you can be an elder. You actually have to meet these qualifications. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, so you see, it's not only those who say that it's discrimination against women. So you can also say it's also discrimination against some men because not a, a, any man can be an elder. Uh, only men who fulfill or uh, I mean fulfill these these qualifications can be not anyone with beard. We're not talking about whether men or women are equal. In fact. Nobody is talking about that. We all understand that men and women are created equal. We are just simply asking the question, are roles of men and women in the church different? And clearly we see that they are. Now, you brought up a passage earlier, brother, from Romans 16, where Paul says, Greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. This is one of those obscure verses that a lot of guys, at least I heard this one a lot in the charismatic church here in the West, guys would be confronted w about women pastors. They would say, but there was an apostle woman, right? It, and I would say, well, where? And they would point to this verse. Well, there are a couple really big problems with using this verse. First off, mm -hmm. There's the very simple fact that we don't actually know whether Junius, that name, is male or female. The scholars have come to the conclusion that there is just no way of being able to tell whether or not this is a male or female name. This brings us to the grammar of the text. This passage actually does not say that they're apostles. Yeah. If, if you read it, would just simply communicate that they were well-known that they were, uh, they were considered faithful believers to the apostles. Right, yeah, yeah, so just simply apostles. communicating that the apostles knew them well as faithful believers. That's all the text says. Mm. And also, um, those, those who want to, to bring this name Junius uh, forth, uh, or forward, you know, when I was still also trying to argue against this, a friend told me, okay, we who uh, speak against women pastors can show you many men in the in scripture who are exercising that role of elders and bishop. Okay, apart from juniors, which other name can you bring forth? And brother, I could not really, apart from, because uh, a friend told me, okay, let, let's suppose that this juniors was one. Okay, can you give us another, another example? Just another one. And I started scratching my head, and which other name should I bring forth? 
as if, even after telling me that Junius was no one is uh, is certain whether he, he or she was a male or female but practically when you really see how the church was led in all these uh, uh, i mean cities galatia thessalonica and where we, you don't see any example practically of a woman really exercising that that role of elder teacher i mean i mean teacher pastor bishop and so forth yeah occasionally i've heard someone bring up uh, as an attempt to argue well was paul saying that women when he says women have to be silent in the church was he saying that they could couldn't say anything at all they couldn't even speak in church uh which to be honest is a, a bit of a straw man right it's a made-up uh, position to attack because we understand paul was not meaning you couldn't speak to your children to tell them to be quiet in the church service mm. right mm. you you couldn't you you couldn't tell take your child to the bathroom and correct him obviously that's not what paul was speaking about right the context yeah yeah, yeah. Authority that, that question has been, in the church. That, that question has been asked to us several times here, and I thank you, brother, you brought it clearly. It's not, not really what Paul was meaning, because inside church, a woman is seated next to you, and they want to write their notes of the, the sermon, and say so you can ask for a pen from someone near there. So some people want to take it that far, saying, no, hey, you're a woman, while a man on the other side uh, needing a pen can just simply ask or oh, can you can you borrow me or lend me your pen but th th that's not really what paul i i like you put, put it very clearly for those people who may, might be having such questions it's so it was not it was about authority to to take authority over men to exercise that authority yeah yeah because because the, i don't see any i don't see any authority by asking for a pen from an a someone sitting next to you i don't see any authority by talking i mean talking to your kids uh, trying to silence them inside church or taking them to the to the wash washroom there's no there's no authority there over men uh, yeah so you can continue that paul makes it abundantly clear in these passages that god has determined who he wants to exercise authority over his church and to teach in the church and that position is reserved for men you know we understand from creation that 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 does not mean that men are more valuable to god than women it just means that they have different roles so we understand that but this really brings us down to one of the big problems and that problem is that too many christians are ruled by the thoughts of the world and by their feelings rather than subjecting those two things to the very word of god amen so yeah, also these these also uh, some churches that want to take it further than what scripture says they're there i know some of them that don't allow women even to talk to their children they so they should also benefit from this podcast really they should know that they are, they, are, they, they want to read to take it beyond what it says so yeah yeah and uh, apart from that, apart from these charismatic churches these are that are not charismatic but uh, whereby they don't allow women to even even cough i know some of them they want to be too uh extremist so let me say uh well, which which term can i use here uh too radical you know <laughs> they want to be yeah. too radical <laughs> yeah yeah so they should also benefit from this podcast that's a good point brother our desire should be 
to find ourselves falling in line and submitting with scripture. And so you can't, you, you just can't make those passages say anything in either direction that they don't say, right? Sure. You can't twist them and um, say that a female elder pastor is okay. And you can't twist them and say that women can't cough or sneeze. Now, brother, I've never personally heard that, but nothing surprises me these days. So I don't doubt that there are way more churches than we could ever imagine that go to that extreme also. And the reality is, if you're on either one of those sides, if you're justifying female pastors, or you're genuinely oppressing people, women in the church, because that's what that is. That's oppression, right? If you're not letting a cough, you're... Both of those is sinful and wrong, right? But so we've talked exactly. a lot about we talked a lot about what women can't do in the church, brother. And so I I know women who have been listening, uh, or I just suspect that some who have been listening and their heart is you know broken in a good way, and they're like, well, what can I do in the church? Does God have a place for me in the church? We would say absolutely, and so let, I want to spend kind of the rest of the time talking about what is unfortunately lacking in a great majority of the church today. And if this thing happened more, I think we would see less issues with the other problem. So one extreme is that women want to really usurp the role of men in the church by being pastors or elders, bishops, or uh, in your in your context, head prophetesses over the church. But in Titus, it also goes on to talk about what the role is for women. And, and listen to this. Yeah. This is such an important, necessary, and missing role. Um, we just need this in the church today. It says this. This is Titus 2, 3 through 5. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. Well, but I thought you just said, brother, women can't teach in the church. Okay, well, let's carry on. Who are they teaching? Yes. Right? Who are they teaching? So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So there actually is a teaching ministry in every church for women. And this is that ministry. For women, yeah. Right? And it and, and that that ministry is that mature, recognized, gifted older women in the church are to be teaching the younger women and and the children in the church and they should be teaching the younger women to love their husbands they should be teaching the younger women to love their children right um yeah, yeah sure i agree yeah that's very true very true brother and and so i mean we're talking about an incredible god-given ministry to women in the church that you rarely find in many churches today this brings up another objection for the woman who comes and says but i know that god has gifted me to teach i know that god has given me these gifts and these talents and i just feel like this is what i'm supposed to do in the church because you've heard you've heard that objection right brother and and we would and i would never discredit that 
Um, but I would say if if you're feeling that you've been gifting, gifted to teach lead you to believe that you should be a pastor as a woman, then your lack of biblical understanding is leading you into a place of error. It doesn't discredit whether or not God's gift you to teach. So we would say, if it's true God's gift you to teach, then the eldership of that church should recognize that gift, whether it's there or not. And if it is there, then this is your ministry. You should be pouring out your heart and time to the younger women in the church, yeah. brother. Well, whenever they are, they are talking of the gifting, they always bring the example of Priscilla and Aquila in the Bible wrongly, unfortunately, because I, I don't know any church where Priscilla was a pastor or the elder. I don't, I don't see. Well, they say, don't you see uh, Priscilla and Aquila that this was a couple? But uh, Priscilla was more gifted, you know, more gifted than, than her husband, um, Aquila. But the question is, yes, I, I, let me agree with you that Priscilla was more gifted. Can you tell me the church she led? What was the name of that church in which city? You see? Yeah, so they just want to, to, to jump on such conclusions and say, well, uh, I'm more gifted than my husband. My, my husband cannot, cannot even speak before men. So you want him to just be a pastor because he's a man? And again, you, brought, you, you answered that a, a bit earlier. You said not simply because someone puts on long trousers and has beards and with a deep voice can be a, an elder or a pastor. There are qualifications. Your husband might not be a pastor because maybe they, he does not fulfill this and that other qualification. But the thing of gifting also, you, you cannot just go ahead of God simply because you think you are gifted. That's also yeah. not, not right. And in this passage, again, it, it gives place for that genuine gifting. I mean, my, my wife and I were talking about this, I don't know, a couple months back. And one of the things my wife said was that she missed the fact that there were no women who were willing to do this very thing. There are many, many women in churches all over the world who are longing for a godly older woman to teach them how to be wives, to teach them how to be mothers, to teach them how to be pure and sensible because those young women want to honor God and, and they're looking to be discipled and because feminism has crept into the church and has basically convinced women with gifting that should be exercised in this area that they should exercise that by usurping the role of men in reality by doing that they have robbed younger women of what God has given them in forms of teaching. If you're a female pastor, clearly by now you see that that is not acceptable before God. God's just simply not going to bless a church with a female pastor because you're in open rebellion. And I think, you know, we tried to record this before, brother, and, and are having to do it again. But you made a good point when we spoke last. Maybe you were totally ignorant of the word of God and what God's requirements were. And there's grace for that. But now you have no excuse. And so we would say you need to step down immediately. There are other men in the church that could maybe fill the pulpit until then. Or if not, then leave the results to God. But 
you know, if you want to honor God, your responsibility is to step down. God's in control. He's sovereign over what happens. And God will bless our faithfulness, not always in ways we expect, but he does do that. And if you believe you have a teaching gift, then submit to a biblical church with biblical elders and look for teaching young women these things. And that's a ministry that God has ordained for women. It's a ministry that God would bless for the women who are doing that. And if, if you really, really care about what's missing in the church, this is a ministry that is, is largely missing in the church. Yeah, sure, brother. That's that's very because you find in most churches, really, children and young ladies are just abandoned there because sometimes, you know, pastors are just, I mean, busy doing, I mean, they're overseeing many things in, in, inside the local church. And if really these women could, could come out and and really and and and, and uh, the disciple these young women and children really would be having really godly children and godly young women and we could not be seeing these uh, the many families that are being are, are being broken every every time you see yeah so uh, I want you brother to to also um, bring an answer to the question that we normally uh, uh, receive here concerning the same issue on uh, outside or house-to-house uh, -house street evangelism when you go to two and they come and say, now you guys, you don't allow women to, 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 to exercise authority over men. So now, can't, we, can't I go and share the gospel to a man on the street? Okay, address that as well, brother. It's a good question. And I, I would say two things about that. One is every believer has the mandate to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Male, female, young, old, black, white, you know, every believer um, is called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's no problem or issue with that. You evangelize, people respond to the good news, the gospel of Christ, and, and then immediately, you know, you're looking to get them in healthy churches. Nobody, like no Bible-believing Christian is saying that women cannot proclaim the gospel. That's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also they need to know that uh, um, when you go out, you're a woman, you go to, to, to the lost sinners out there. You just stand with one man and you are just, uh, I mean, sharing the gospel with them. I don't see authority there. You're just proclaiming Christ to them. Yeah. So there's no problem with that at all. So basically, we've got to stick to the scripture, not try to go beyond it. It says, I do not per permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. That's what it says. The context is in the local church, pastor, elder, bishop. Uh, oftentimes, when people go to those arguments, oh. they start saying things like, what if? Yeah, I remember. What I, if? I, go ahead, brother. Jump in there. Yeah, yeah I just I remember another, <laughs> another objection or question that uh, a charismatic uh, ask, guy asked me here and said, okay. The Bible is clear as, uh, saying that I don't permit any woman to, to, to teach uh, of authority over men. Does that mean that they can preach? Because it simply uh, talks of teaching. I think if we were honest and if they were honest, they're just looking for a way around the passage. They're just looking for a way to not submit to the passage. If you're trying to say... How close can I get to the line of sin or rebellion? You know, you're you're already starting in the wrong place, right? 
because your heart is already looking for an excuse to rebel against God. Yeah, I normally tell people that does not stop them or prohibit them from preaching. Say no. Again, by doing that, they just expose their ignorance because, brother, there's teaching in preaching, there's preaching in teaching. So I don't, I don't see how you can really uh, say no. Let a woman just simply, simply preach because the Bible does not prohibit them from preaching. But as you are preaching, you are teaching. Yeah. So, so you cannot separate those two. So by just uh, asking such questions, I say no, friends. Sometimes even you go and read even uh, the, your dictionaries of English language, just and then the, 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 so you, by asking some questions, you just expose your ignorance of the of, of the word of God that you don't read it, you don't study it, which is very sad. And the reason why we decided to to start these pastors' conferences in our church in Kampala. For them, because when you come to our pastors' conferences, you find like 60 pastors, only four or five can be reformed or biblical pastors. All of them are just charismatic Pentecostals, and we, we, we gladly do that for them. And we do it out of love, too much love. We don't want to put burdens on, on their heads. We just want to, to, to open scripture together with them so that we show them, because that very method helped me. Uh, by our brothers so we want also to to, to uh, rather than laughing at them and saying you guys are ignorant but we want to just open let us reason together with our bibles open and to be sincere brother we are seeing a few charismatic pastors who come to us with those questions what can we do now like, yeah. like the question that you asked of a woman who pastor who who has been convicted by these teachings and then they come to us and, and say, but now what should I do? Now? And you gave the answer already. Step down. Let men, if we have uh, men with those qualifications, continue pastoring that church or you can, I mean, ask another church to help you with the, with the, I mean, the, the leadership. Uh, you, you have to step down because you, you'd rather obey God than men. You'd rather obey God than your own wishes, your own feelings, your own whatever. So you, you just go, all of us, all of us, you know, after discovering a lot of truth from the Bible, brother, I still had a lot of things that were, were working for me. They are working for me. But I had to, to abandon them. I had to abandon because I said, no, I'd rather obey God who created me and who who's calling me to serve him. Yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's it, brother. All preaching has the element of exercising authority uh, in it. So, yeah. Exactly. And we, we know this. And so you get, uh, and, and we do want to, like you said, we want to be kind to guys who have currently up until now believed otherwise and then we recognize that, you know, we've got popular female, I don't want to call them pastors because there's no such thing as a biblical female pastor. But here in the States, we've got popular female ministries who regularly preach. They write books. In fact, they're all in your country, those books. And we know that there are genuine rebellious women who are wolves in the body of Christ who are doing their own thing because they're building a kingdom of their own and um and and so you know we mark and avoid those uh people we warn people against those ministries and yet we also recognize that there are women out there who may be currently in pastoral positions who are just simply ignorant of the scriptures 
they've not been confronted and there are some who would be willing to submit to the word of god and they're and they're looking for you know they want to know what god teaches what god demands what god ordains and and so we that's really our audience we want to reach out to those yeah brother as we wrap up i want just to to leave our audience um, with this other thing because you know we've been there we were there and uh, the Lord got us out of that, and now many people come with questions. Some people that we go, uh, we approach to try to teach them this truth. Some, you know, you you and me were charismatic, so we know how much charismatic people want to live by experience. The, many of them deliberately, uh, I mean, disobey the word of God. They can read something in the in the word of God. They sit plain and clear there, but. They just disobey or bad living. Mm. And people, someone told me, said, no, Pastor Bill, um, yes, you've showed me everywhere in scripture that, and I've seen that women should not be elders or pastors. But if I'm a born again Christian today, it's because of a ministry of a woman. The Lord used the woman and she preached the gospel to me and I shed my tears. And I'm now truly born again today because, I mean, she preached boldly to me and I really understood clearly the message of the gospel from her. So not me now. I've been a, a Christian for five, six, seven years. So I don't want to, to hear other, other, other stories that women cannot and yet the Lord used that one to bring me to himself. And what I want to leave with them is that even our Lord Jesus Christ himself said when he was uh, walking towards Jerusalem and uh, people were making noise. I mean, the Hosanna shouting for him and the, some Pharisees wanted to stop them. I said, no, even if, you, even if these, the crowd can stop, even stones can, can, can shout for me, but God can use it to, to give glory to, to him. So that's, that's what I normally answer them because of trying to, because obviously I know many people here who came genuinely to God, to Christ genuinely through the preaching of the ministry of women. I know them. And I can look, uh, you see the fruit of true conversion in them. But that's not an excuse of you not obeying the, the, the word of God. God can use anyone to, to, to glorify his son, can use any. But does not mean that if a woman preached the gospel to you, therefore we should abolish, we, could, we should now tear these papers in the Bibles and the Bibles that prohibit them from being pastors. Yeah, that's what simply I wanted to leave with them, the experience thing. Yeah, and simply because a woman preached to me and I'm truly born again. So yeah, brother. Yeah, and brother. to answer the question why that happens, it's because it's the gospel that has the power unto salvation. Exactly. It, it, Not it, the was, woman or it wasn't the woman man. or the man. It was the gospel. You can find examples of homosexuals who have preached the gospel. Does that mean God is okay with homosexuality? No. You can find drug addicts no. that have preached the gospel and people gotten saved. Does that mean God is okay with drug use? No. I mean, you can, you can find no. people that were living in the worst kinds of sin that preached the gospel and people got saved, but that doesn't mean that that God was blessing the lifestyle or the actions or the disobedience of that person. And so again and again, you and I are going to come back to sola scriptura, sola scriptura. That's why scriptures alone 
are our of authority. The scriptures alone are wholly sufficient for the Christian life and faith and practice. And we've got to um, subject our feelings to the word of God. And so when our feelings are contrary to the word of God, we dismiss our feelings and we submit them to the word of god because god god's word is our ultimate source of truth so with that brother uh, again we just want to remind our listeners that we have a new email um, and so if this podcast has been helpful to you if you have questions that you'd like to ask as a result of this podcast you can email us at truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com until next time let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast, hosted by Bill Issa and Nathaniel Jolly, is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program, serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device. Or listen online at anchor.fm forward slash truth be known.